This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay. Um, the first one is deals with Rabbi uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and it deals with the fact that the Torah is in Dvarim, is mentions an endless amount of schar, which is kind of a physical schar, and is kind of on the short side about ruchnistik schar. And we spoke about the chukosai. We found all the reasons for it. But let's see what he says here. Um, so Rabbi says all of the parshas promises. Call Yehuda parshas those. Yudim Gufnim of physical promises for um, if, um, for the realization of some sort of physical accomplishments and so on. And he says, but he adds, which is basically just a preparation um, for Olam Haba. He says, it's even hinted in the word Ekef. He says, Ekev means the heel, um, it's the low part. In other words, as if we're saying, this is the fringe benefits. The, this is the heel of the big schar that's coming. Avla schar golva otzum, the big schar, which is ziva shechina, nichval b'mila v'choya, shukol Hashem ha'miyuchot. In other words, and, and, and he says, this is, and he's finishing the parasha of um, the 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 Hayom Lasolsom, and he starts with Ohya Ekev to be Meramez. He says that when you do it, the Schar will be Zivashchina. Um, now, he's, so he's saying like this: the pasuk should read it, it, right at the end of his Chanan. We learned about it says to, to do the mitzvahs and so on. Vehoya, and then you shall be Ekev Tishmon, and and the low part of, of what you what you're going to get is this this and this and this. So um, and he says and he finishes off with the line he says Rotsa Torah Levar The Torah wanted to give a lot of explanation about that which is palpable. Velirmos alamuskal but and to just allude to and hint on the things that are um, conceptual about to be short because this is the way it goes all of Torah now let's sort of flesh out a little bit explain what he means here let's say you're describing to a little kid a wedding and you want to describe um, the, the, the joy and everything you want to, you want to sort of explain to the kid what a wedding is so the kid is, let's say, six-year-old. So you explain about how the colors dress beautifully and how the flowers and everybody's jumping and clapping and singing and dancing and so on and so forth. You know, like little girls like to play about a wedding and you describe all the, the, the hoops and the this and the that and everything else. Um, and then you, and, and you sort of say, because this is a very, very happy day in their life. It's the happiest day of life and something like that. You, you, you can't begin with the conceptual and it's the two reasons. First of all, um, 
the child that you're explaining what a wedding is doesn't really have the, the, the tools, doesn't have the ability to yet understand the, the deeper meaning of a wedding, uh, what it means establishing a family. Some of those words don't mean anything to him. Secondly, um, the way in which you, you introduce a concept is you start with the physical and you slowly conceptualize from it. So when you're teaching a kid math, you start by saying, I have eight apples and there are four children in the room. How many apples can I give each kid? Well, why don't you try go giving everybody an apple? And if there's an apple, I'll probably give everybody again an apple. And then I do fractions by saying, well, only half the boys will get an apple and so on and so forth. Um, so I start with the central because that's the immediate. That's the one that's a given. That's there. And then I proceed, and then I proceed <coughs> to the conceptual, which is kind of a, um, which is which I learned from the physical and the visual. Tell you the same thing. First of all, we don't have the, um, well, I, I won't say rational maturity because it's, it's really super rational, rational. We don't have, as physical beings, the ability to think conceptually in a full sense of the word. We have some ability, but not all of it. Much like a kid who doesn't understand what establishing a family is and finding happiness, all those things doesn't mean anything really to the kid. It's not in his world, and he can vaguely, vaguely have some sense of it. Um, I, so that's one. Secondly, so the Torah, the, the Torah takes the Olam Habaschar and sort of hints at it. It's Vehoya. And then, and then, and then it elaborates on the physical thing. So that's something to relate to. And what we need to do is say, well, if this is, if, if a world blossoms physically when you do the right thing, there's a spiritual world that will blossom as well. Yes, please. Really, why isn't there a more explicit remez to that Indian of Shachar um, You do have that in the Deen, but you don't have it in the Torah. Um, so, so, okay, so, so, I mean, so, so there are many, we, in Pashat Mokhosa we have the Kliyok and the Barbanel that go through all the Shittas, but let me give just an explanation based on this. You ask specifically why the Nevi'im yes and here not. Torah is written to be very literal, and as such, Olam Haba can only be hinted at. Nevi'im are written more as a metaphor, and therefore in the world of metaphor, in the language of metaphor, you can speak about it a little more. And even then, it says, and there's a whole list of things in the Gemara, and Avol, this is Avol Mahaba, Ayla Rasa Zosecha, Avol Misha Lomitera, and Rasa. In other words, even a Navi is somewhat a, a um, is, is, uh, is somewhat, uh, uh, it needs to touch on something that he can relate to, and the real, the real schar is, is not shy to it. Um, the, I, I want to add maybe one more Knesset of Rebbe Chaya. The um, he says the Torah just hints at it, and the, and the Pashup Shad is because people don't understand it, because they don't know it, they will misunderstand it, and we've spoken about it quite a few times. There's an, there's another Nekuda which I think is very very, um, which is very emis about it. When a person, um, when a person, let's say, paints a painting. The, 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 the picture that's painted is there fully. The meaning is alluded to. It's there, Beremiza. Um, 
and and just like the concept, <coughs> it's always a, a good a, a, a scientist examining data begins to get a sense that there's a pattern here, and he picks up on a formula. In other words, the the, the way in which the world is built is the physical manifestations, and 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 that which the senses can pick up is the is visible and tangible. And the meaning or the concept is always kind of hinted at. It's, it's the idea behind the picture. It's the formula behind the phenomena. That's where Torah is written also. Torah is the description of the physical world, and since the spiritual world is, is there, Burmese, that's the way it is in this world. There are things that, there are footsteps that hint at a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So in Torah itself, the Vahoya is a remisa, and it's only remis, and the rest of it follows, um, and, and, and the description of the world is, is rather graphic. Whereas Navi is not, right. has a totally different purpose. Exactly, and, and Navi is, it doesn't need the preciseness of Torah, and it gives you a certain freedom. It's just like poetry as opposed to prose. Um, when you're looking for directions, if Google was written in poetry, um, you would get lost, and you and you really want to have it written very very specifically. But there are ideas that you can't convey with straightforward language because because it doesn't exist. It, it it's a feeling that comes to you when you read a certain flavor of words and so on. Next one is an issa to bring uh, avodazar into your house. Um, it, it, so here we have a Rambam Ravuchan explaining why. It's a very fascinating explanation. Um, why can't you have enough of the Zara? Um, I'd rather just you know, destroy it the Zara itself and take all the stuff and that's it. He said, Sometimes he'll take it and he'll say, I'm going to take it and destroy it, and he leaves it lying around and it becomes uh, a Mikshal for him. He, he does have the Zara and so on. What is that Mikshal? And he says, even if you broke it or you sold it to a guy, you now don't use its money for that. In other words, it's completely else for that. Why? So the Ramzas Vesibasai, Ki harbe pa'amim yachshibu ha'amon ha'inyanim ha'mikriyim sibas atzmias. And the Ramzas is a fascinating, sounds like it would be taken out of a modern day science textbook. He says, people tend to associate things that have no real correlation but the human mind tends to find associations and patterns where none exist. That's what we think. That's part of it. So, for instance, as you find many people say that, after that, that if this person bought this house or this object, he became wealthy. So this is good luck. This is good fortune. This is good. Um, so it says it's very possible that somebody did a good deal with Avodah Zarah. He bought an Avodah Zarah cheap and sold it expensive. And um, they say, ah, you see, Avodah Zarah brings good luck. And they'll believe it, which is the opposite of what the Torah wants us to do. So he said, um, the, 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 so the Torah told us we, n we must completely remove any object of Avodah Zarah and so on and so forth um, because so that we don't in any way learn to associate any type of emuna with it. He said, because people in those days, 
um, had phenomenal moon in Avodah Zarah. They thought that they made people live and die, and good things would happen and bad things would happen from the stars and so on. And that's why the Torah made so much, um, so many um, restraints. There's a bris, and edus, and shavuos, and olos. I mean, all of them, on and on and on and on about Avodah Zarah. And he, um, and, and, and the other were told that you cannot take a penny of it so that we don't come to associate any success with it. So the, the Ram says the reason why you're not allowed to be Nanafar is because any type of association with it is going to, is, is going to lead you to instinctively um, feel that maybe it has a co-op or something and so on and so forth. Um, the next one is, uh, which by the way is something that is um, an important point to remember. The Amuna and and Pesius belief versus stupidity. There's a line, a far line between the two. In other words, a person is not allowed to believe that the world is a mikra. He's not allowed to believe that the world, that things happen just going to happen. Things come in ashkacha, and all our the is built around it, and the way in which we treat tanesim and the way in which we, we treat tshuva, all of it is, the psukim go on and on, and and v'olachot v'omeila, v'shavta Hashem alekecha, I mean, it's the process of seeing the world with cause and effect is very, very, it, it, it's the pillar of, of hashkach and yiddishkeit. So now, it, which is, it, like all things, if this is not done with seichel, so what happens is the person's mind, instead of saying this is a, a valid association, this is not, the person is a, a quote-unquote believer. So he also believes that red threads bring good luck, and he believes that 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 this and this pulled. And you find tons of belief because when this and this person did this, this and this happened good. Um, the, the critical reasoning of saying, well. How many people took it and were successful? How many people took it and were not successful? How many people, what's a control group, and so on and so forth? Those things uh, don't uh, exist. And what we need to understand is, and this is very important because whenever we rest on our nature, we inevitably make mistakes because every media, which is what we call our nature, has good and bad. So the ability to believe and the ability to be skeptical are both very important um, tchunos. They're very, very important um, middles that we have, <laughs> except we have to know when to use it and when not. Let's, let's explain how to apply it. So I'm not going back all the way and, and you know, how do we know Hashem is right, how do we exist, how do we know he told us that. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a Torah. And he said, when you do good, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that things happen that are good. When you do bad, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it things are bad. When you're doing bad and bad things happen, it's a message from Hashem. And when you're doing, so just like when, let's say, somebody is involved in some sort of negotiations, and his business partner says, you know, when you see me put my thumb against my cheek, it's a sign that you're giving too much, and you need to sort of stop and not throw out any more offers. 
when he does it afterwards, he doesn't say, well, you know what, we did agree about a, a putting a thumb on the cheek, but maybe he just happened to need to scratch himself. Uh, the answer is, once you know beforehand that it's been said very clearly, the association is clear, and the other person would have to prove that it was a coincidence, something, a beast stung given he instinctively did it or whatever it is. Akash Baruch told us the, 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 the rules of the game. Where Akash Baruch told us the rules of the game, that we need to follow, because it, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence, it's because Akash Baruch has given us a caption to the picture. <coughs> but, we're, but, but, but in other places, so if a particular Rebbe happened to do a particular thing and so-and-so was helped, that shouldn't trigger the flood of Amuna in Torah and Mitzvahs, like in this Rebbe. The person should ask himself, well, how many people has the Rebbe helped and how many have not been helped? Is the story reliable? And even if it is reliable, so what? Is this Rebbe urging me to do Torah Mitzvahs? Is he urging me to do something that I could, I could understand as being um, within the realm of, of Tov? Or is it just kind of a strange person and this person has got red threads and stuff like that? And, the, and then, I, if he has to prove himself, then he, he, to prove himself, skepticism needs to be <coughs> full force. If somebody comes along to us and says, I had a Nevoah, Claudius is supposed to tell him, either you prove it without a shadow of a doubt, and we have a test for that, or you need help. That's a, or, or you need to be put to death as Navi Sheka. But those, those, those are, we don't, trusting, is, is, is and, and that's why it's a very hard. I mean, it's one of the things that bothers me sometimes. Um, from people seem to have a predilection for going to all sorts of alternative medicines, mikubolim and alternative medicines, hadash and karim. It's 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 a hallmark that the belief is not grounded in something solid, but it, it's a tchuna of chasesholim pesiyam the of course he believes. <coughs> he, belie- he believes in the Rebbe and he believes in the therapist and he believes in the whole food guy and he believes in this. That's, that's a weakness. Um, and, it's, and the Rebbe says there is that weakness. And that's why Avodah was so powerful. We tended to find cause and effect where cause and effect didn't exist. And therefore, um, and therefore the Torah said, I can't trust you out of Avodah and you'll use your seichel and sort of say it's not not there, but rather it's going to, um, you need to give away from it. So, Rebbe, yes. <coughs> the gulas that are listed in, in Chazal, are those... So, so Chazal gave us the schoolers. Right, so, so we're being somech on Chazal. We're not being somech on the fact that we observed somebody eating this or that and something happened. So that, we, we have to rely on them, whatever, however these schoolers worked and why they give given a request. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but but I'm I'm not relying on the school of Shabo. But um in, in terms of, of stories about Rebbes and Mises and Zachan, um skeptical is actually a, a very is is the right attitude. It's not unless uh, again, it's you know, unless, <coughs> unless you feel if it's in the world of Tovin Ra and and a Kaddish Baruch who is bringing good upon you and so on, Reb Chaim Shalevitz used to always say um that without without understanding, even Nisim are worthless. And he used to have a story, in a very cute way, he said, we call the, our story the story of the deceitful or deceptive mother-in-law. Um, and he said that there was the, the, the um, in, there, there was, uh, I think it was the Baruch Tam, if I'm not mistaken, it was Baruch Tam 
had two running arguments with his wife. One of them was he was a sick man and he had a heart problem and the doctor said he must drink a hot cup of milk when he wakes up in the morning before davening. Uh, he refused adamantly because he didn't want to eat before davening. His wife was very upset, the doctor said. And so Chaim said, who was right? She was right, obviously. The second argument was that um, the Bartam wanted uh, Reb Chaim Sanzer as a son-in-law and, and his wife didn't want because he limped. Reb Chaim Sanzer was the Galadar. Um, he was a giant in learning, a giant in, 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 in Tzitkis. Who was right? Certainly he was right, you know. So what the limp, but you're talking about the, the treasure of Kalyus, so this and that, so on and so forth. She said one day she was bringing milk to her husband for adopting to drink. She slipped, she fell, and she broke her foot. So she said, my husband is right. He shouldn't be drinking milk before davening. So Chaim uh, said, in other words, instead of learning from the story that the broken foot of Chaim Sanza should make a difference, she learned up wrong. So in other words, Chaim was saying basically, Nisim and Ashkaches are, are, are like the picture. But a picture without a caption, you try reading a picture without a caption. It's very, very nerve-wracking. You know, sometimes the newspaper gets put in a caption. W- what do you see here? Do you see a big flood and, and, and everybody deserting the place? Do you see a riot? Um, it, 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 do you see poverty? What is it exactly that you're seeing in a picture? What do, what do you expect to see? Um, so Seichel and Das and, and, and Torah Kosh gave us that we have with Mesorah and with Das tells us how to look at things. Um, are we, is this an Isayim or is this a punishment? Um, it says in, in, in Yomiyo, it says there were very few ladies there that came clapping and crying and saying, oy, 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 you know, we really have to do tshuva ever since we stopped worshipping the Avodah bad things have befallen us. That these are the Noshim Aruros HaMevakos as Tamus the Raman quotes often. Um, because it, 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 the, the, the faith itself has to come with a certain structure of emes and seichel. And that's why the nisim, the flaws, and so on. So keeping, we would not trust it to have any shahs of azar because we're going to misuse it. I have time for one more piece. I'll go on a small piece. It says, um, the next piece, lemana nuscho lenasosho ladatashabobavcha. It's a Sfarnu. So it says, um, so that all Malachim should know that you rightfully are better than a Malach. So he says here that there's one of two things that we, we, we have over here. One is that the malach, that, that it should be known, or the malach, every malach should know that you rightfully are bigger than him, um, and, and uh, your idea will be um, a idea before rather than a idea bekoach. I, I want to, uh, just don't have that much time now, but just address the, the point. There's a big Machlok Sishonim of Ezra, and and Shachayim speaks about it, Ramban, about who is bigger, a Malach or a person. The, um, <coughs> at the end of the day, it's clear that we talk about the fall, 
malachim are greater, b'derachlal, and when you talk about b'koach, man is greater. Because man can, man is, is, is the perpetuation, he certainly can be bigger than malach. Um, uh, the, um, the, uh, but, but before, the Maisa, it is something which the Derechal Malachim are bigger. In this contention of Malachim men, he says that Malachim should know that men are rightfully better. In other words, the realization of the Bria is that Adam be the Yitzirk, the, the, the Neza of the Bria, be the crown of the Bria. So when a person brings out the means the purpose of Torah is to bring out into the into the actual world the things that you have in your heart. It's a different madrega of Kirvatakarishbahu he says, that's the second poison he makes. And it appropriately places man at the center of the Priya where he ought to be. Because that's the purpose. So the Malachim are the general kohos of Alopius and the Teva. They have a certain madrega, and the big madrega is the madrega of um, of, of uh, Adam that supersedes that. Yes. Okay, we're finished with that. That's uh, you're gonna have to combine them. Yeah. Okay. The next piece is um, about the man. It it says vayancha vayevecha vayechilchas aman hashpoch who caused you to suffer and hunger and he gave you the man. Um, so it's a little hard to understand. First of all, what was the purpose of man? Why couldn't Hashem just have them get animals come and check them, or I don't know, merchants bring wheat or whatever it is? And also the lesson that as if there's a suffering side of the man, the way man is described to us in Cheder, it's like wonderful, wonderful thing to eat. Um, it's something that takes on any taste you want, anything you want. Like, like tofu. In the word vayevcha, he caused you to hunger. Is is the word that describes the purpose of the man? Anybody who eats it understands ruchnisik things. It's only possible after. The the, the the filth, the poison of physical Muslim has stopped. Like it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, that for six days they uncovered him. Why six days? We have to get rid of Achil and Shtia. Bechein bekan ba'ivcha is, you know, it was sort of to purify your body from the Muslim gufni and so on. Um, I, I won't explain it in terms that are a little easier for us to understand. He's even speak about some sort of spiritual thing, the poisons of the food, so on and so forth. When a person, when a person is very physical, a person sits, and when you eat a heavy meal, you find it difficult afterwards to think and to concentrate. So the, the physical reality is the, the blood sugar goes up, the, 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 the person wants to sleep, uh, and, uh, and so on and so forth. There's also a sense when, if a person is a physical person and he's indulgent and he doesn't, he's not a ruchnisli person. In other words, um, truth, justice, righteousness, kindness, goodness, sacrifice—all of those spiritual terms 
conflict there when we're in a spiritual mode a person's in kippah we feel very very refined because we're not in the eating mode there's something very ruchni about it and um, when we're in eating mode so we're physical and 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 kind of when, when the, it's like a toggle switch it's either on physical mode or ruchni mode when we're into the food we're eating we're physical when we're into other things just like a person when he's very involved in a business deal He's not going to eat. It's lunches and that. When he makes when he when he makes the, the, the when he the, the deal, then he sits and, and indulges. But but um, but while he's working, he doesn't. I was once in Brazil, and the, I was in Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro. Sao Paulo is like one big factory, like a 20 million person factory. Gray, drab, hustling, working hard, poor, and so on. Uh, Rio is a partying place of the worst type and and somebody if somebody um, told me from Rio that the saying is Sao Paulo um, produces and Rio consumes and, and it is it's either or when a person is working hard doesn't want to eat a big meal I, I'm more just I want to grab a quick bite and run that's the that's the motive being very physically oriented it takes away our ruchnias. the man was a food that sustained us wonderfully but it didn't give us physical satisfaction. Um, I would say over when, there was m- many, many years ago, I was in the hospital for a week. I had like hepatitis, pneumonia, and I, I um, couldn't eat anything. And for a week, I basically just lived on an IV and so on. And it's very interesting. I, I, at the I, I wasn't interested. I didn't have an appetite. And I wasn't hungry because I was getting IV, but I desperately wanted to eat. The, the, the physical sensation of chewing on a bagel and drinking a coffee is is a physical sensation of physicality and it, 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 the hunger pangs in the stomach is another element of it and but there's also the I, I like uh, you know want to be into the bagel into the coffee that's what I want to be into um, if that's that stares from um, that stares from from Ruchnis. there's a Mice of the Balatanya. Balatanya was once, I don't know if it was, said a mimer, or he was learning something, I'll see this very deep. And then afterwards, the, the description in the story is he took bagel and putter. Um, I don't know what bagel was in those days, I don't know if it was the same bagel we have, and butter. But the sense was, it was kind of a luxurious type of thing, and whoever he was with kind of commented about it. How, how does one go from like the deep cities to bagel and putter? And he said, he, he did it on purpose. He said he felt that he was floating away w- with his mind, and he needed something to ground him again in reality. He, he was just going off, and you know, and, and he needed something. So, so he was looking for something very physical to sort of pull back into into a world, in, into that type of world. Um, so, if you want to learn Torah, you needed to be nourished by something that would give you the nourishment you need without any of the physical sensations and pleasures. That was the month. So it's called by Yifcha, he hungered you, because there was a certain level you were hungry. There was no bagel to chew into and no coffee to drink. It was just man. You just took a, you know, two teaspoons of man, and you have all the nutrition, anything you want. Imagine for us, let, let, let's, say, let's say a person could get a pill that would give him all the nourishment, all the nutrition, and he wouldn't feel hungry. He could take one pill every morning with a sip of water and be yotzei chobaso. And would we want to do that? And the answer is no. 
because we want. It's like if you, you know, if you, when you read cookbooks, um, you know, they, 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 they always say it's not only the food, it's what it looks like, it's how it's spread out, it's the chewiness of it, it's, 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 it's the, it, 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 there are a lot of physical sensations that find fulfillment in the act of eating. And that's why when you want gum ruchni, you need to stay away from it and then, and, 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 you know, you, we got our nourishment, but there was a very ifcha on a certain, on a certain level. Okay.